Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, uh, we have an episode, a check-in episode, and we are here with our wonderful friend, Lizzie, and she is back and unfortunately has some things to share. Uh, and then Alex and I will share as well. So, Lizzie, uh, I guess, yeah, welcome back, number one. <laughs> thank you, um, thank you. This kind of wasn't the chat that we had planned today. We kind of had a whole nother topic, but then I think that um, your new situation that's kind of popped up is um, really shitty. And so I think hopefully sharing will be helpful for you, helpful for others. And um, we've had a conversation, but Alex doesn't know all the details. You kind of just sent a group message to us with some highlights. So what happened? Yeah. So um, a couple of days ago, Um, you know, I had already gotten the kids ready, took them to school, worked out. Um, I had already, you know, talked with Drew and everything. He knew I was up and at him, had done stuff. Well, I got a text message, um, when I was getting out of the shower, like, you know, rise and shine. And then, um, asking me if I would like my skinny caramel macchiato, whatever, whatever. And, um, I don't drink coffee. So, (laughs) um, immediately I'm like, what also, was he at home too? Were you guys like in the same place? Uh, no, I had come back home to shower and get ready for work. Okay. So he was like out and about, like, you know, appointments and stuff. And so, you know, immediately I'm like, wow, what the hell is going on? And I text him back, like, wow. But then I just started calling him and he didn't answer. I called him like four times in a row and I had just put him back on my cell phone plan and said, if you don't answer, I'm going to turn off your phone so he of course you know answered right away and he first told me it was his boss his old boss's drink order because I'm like what I mean I went ballistic and I'm like usually really good and calm which I feel like is actually not a good thing I need to be angry and mad so it was good to kind of do that towards him and then he's like okay I need to tell you something and then um So I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was thinking like, you know, we were separated for a while. I thought like, I mean, literally my mind went to like, oh my God, he got someone pregnant, you know, just something crazy, Um, but anything's possible, you know? So um, he then told me that he met a girl in AA and he has been getting um, edibles from her, edibles, and he has smoked, you know, with her a couple of times. So marijuana. And, um, you know, I just, it was just, it was so hard because there's so many different things. Like, first of all, we have the infidelity issue. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this girl's, you know, drink order. You don't even know what our four-year-old wants at McDonald's. Like you have to ask, like, this is just crazy. And then the way that you're like, you know, texting her rise and shine with like this you know, stupid little nickname that he usually says for me. Like, I'm just like, I can't believe what in the world is going on, you know, like, and then there's also the 
bit. I'm like, so you're not even really sober because, you know, we have learned that it's like absence from everything that's mood altering. And, um, you know, I talked to him for like an hour before I went to work. And then, you know, I know I had texted you guys because I have had times before where I thought something was off. And right. I was asking because, you know, Drew's always just, it's just always been alcohol. It's never been anything else. And so I was not sure like how he would react and stuff. And so basically I know you guys are like, it'll always come out and it came out. So, um, yeah. I've been dealing with that. Um, we have had a lot of very long conversations. Like I went home, um, that night and we talked for about an hour and a half. We talked again last night because I'm like, I'm just pissed and I don't know what to believe. And, um, you know, like I, we are starting to do a lot more like couples counseling and getting to the depths of like the infidelity stuff that really got pushed down because it was like, well, I can't really address it because he's like barely staying sober. And so, you know, now that he's had almost two years of not drinking alcohol, you know, I felt like this is a really good time to start working through this. And, you know, I'm, I'm still really pissed. Um, you know, he has told me that he's like, I'm just a flirty person. And I'm like, well, if you want to be married to me, there's that line. You crossed it. You cannot, you know, can't have girlfriends like, and I have witnessed it before. And he's like, I just don't know how to be. And I'm like, well, that that's going to be the work you're going to have to do if you want to stay married to me. So that's kind of where we're at right now. <laughs> so a lot. A lot. Yeah. First, thanks for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> um, second, so what does your gut tell you? Where, what are you like, actually not, what is he saying, but how are you feeling about all of this? What do you think? Well, that's what I, I definitely shared a lot. I'm like, I'm trusting my gut and it doesn't feel right. Like, you know, and then the, the worst part is the girl texts me after I had talked to him because he's like, you can go over. He's like, I think you'd really like her. Like she's, you know, she's, he's like, I'm not attracted to her. She's married. I've actually hung out with her and her husband. And he's like, and I'm like, you hung out. And he's like, well, you know, like, I don't know. I spent a little bit of time, like when you go over there and it just, it all just that whole part just doesn't seem, it just doesn't add up. So my gut is like, absolutely something seems up. And I mean, I have like talked about it like yesterday he was like, um, he brought up that whole part again. And he's like, you know, I swear that there is absolutely nothing going on. Um, you know, he's like, I swear on our kid's life, father, like God, you know, just all this stuff. And I'm like, when I listen to him, I'm like, it's just words. They're just words and they're going in one ear and out the other. And so it's really the actions that, um, you know, that's, that is, it's a behavior. It's the action. That's really the most important thing. And, you know, I basically, like I told him the first night when I came home, I said, I only came home because we have kids and I wanted to see them. Otherwise I would have, I would have not come home tonight. Like I'm so pissed. I'm so angry. Like, I don't even know what is real. And, you know, like he now is like, I feel so good. Glad that you knew, you know, now, like, you know, I want to be able to talk about this. Like I'm, you know, I'm struggling with my brain and not being able to concentrate and that's a whole other thing but yeah but so, so I'm just really confused why you would take your drug dealer essentially their Starbucks drink <laughs> like I don't understand like how that 
Like, was he seeing her to like buy marijuana? What? I'm so confused. He's well, that's what I said. I'm like, cause I know he doesn't have a lot of money. I'm like, are you, and I don't, I don't know what the growing rate of that is these days, <laughs> but you know, like he made it sound like he doesn't, he gets like something like a couple chocolates and like a brownie or something. And then she get, he gives her a drink like, or a red, like, like a coffee drink or a Red Bull. And so he's like, I haven't been paying for it. And it first happened in November, like since he's been like living at our house, like I think he smoked a lot and did stuff like when we were separated, that's, that's when he met her. So yeah. Well, and I think, so I think obviously there's a lot of layers to this. And so yeah. another thing, so you don't like the marijuana, but like that of the three kind of issues of this situation is on the lowest totem pole or lowest ring. So the lying about it, yeah. and then you've had infidelity mm-hmm. yeah. when he was in active use. And yeah. obviously there's bringing up a lot of emotions there. And like you said, you've not dealt with it. Um, I will say that throughout knowing you, you have kind of remained that calm and chill and like, oh, I'm not angry. I don't have a lot of anger. So I guess I'm, I sit in my anger. So I'm glad that that's coming out because I I mean, I just think that it just feels good. It's a release. Yes. Um, I think something else, like, like if you just like add this all up, like, like, okay. So we had the lying about the infidelity and then the drinking. You don't know what was happening through when he got his own apartment and then he went to school. Do you kind of want to tell that situation about the schooling? Cause I think that's another layer. It is. And that I brought that up last night. So, um, and I text you guys about that as well. So like the end of, you know, like in December, um, you know, a couple of months ago, I, I opened the mail and there was a mail, there was something from where he was doing grad school. So I opened it up and basically it was saying he was like flunking out, um, of his classes and he wasn't, he didn't tell me. And so like that, even just getting that, it was like, okay, we're hiding things. We're lying. We're not being upfront and telling me what's going on. And, you know, like, that's what I, that's what I kept trying to relate to last night is like, I'm, I'm so pissed because I'm still being lied to. I'm still being like, things are still being hidden. And like, that is, I don't care. Like, I'd rather you tell me these shitty things and, you know, we'll work through them. And, um, you know, he's like, I'm glad this is, this is what I want to be. And it's like, you can say, this is what you would want forever. But until you start acting on these and telling me these things, like, I don't know. And, you know, I, I know that I text the other day about, um, you know, like, it's just, it makes me really realize that like, it's always going to be me and the kids I have to watch out for, like, you know, and with someone who's had all these concussions and, you know, we're, we're working on that with a neurologist and, um, but he knows he's very compulsive. So it's like, well, okay, you're going to be compulsive. Are you going to all of a sudden be like, I want this and you're going to have to go do it right away. Like, and you're not going to think about the consequences. And then you have to go back and tell me something. I don't know. It's just, it's a nasty, nasty situation. (laughs) And on top of that, 
because finances were so huge for me is Mm -hmm. you two decided together that he would do this schooling XYZ. I think when he was on the podcast with us, he was saying he was making eight to $12 an hour. So -hmm. like you're the primary income and you know, you've got two small children. And so obviously you two took a leap of faith on him and it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well you just blew however many thousands of dollars on education that he didn't follow through. And he wasn't strong enough for whatever reason to tell you he's flunking out or is having comp uh you know uh, confusion issues or whatever like yeah it almost just seems childish and it is we talked about this like selfish like listen mm-hmm. dude I mean you do have some head trauma we understand but like you know actively work on that like why are you trying to hide it it just seems like something a, a kind of a kid would do like why isn't he telling you about this weed like Yes, you'd probably be pissed if you would have told him a while ago, but at least be in this partnership together. You've obviously yeah. been on this road and journey with him. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's just what's so frustrating. And, and the thing is, he's not in active use. Yeah. We well, I don't, I would have, I would disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Then. His, his behaviors, even though he's not using his drug of choice, all of his behaviors are that of that addictive mindset of mm-hmm. like, and you said that he's this potentially started in November. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you hide one thing, it's so yep. easy to rationalize continuing to hide other things. And if he started using marijuana in whatever capacity, but then was lying about that because for whatever reason, then it was like, okay, well, I've already been dishonest. Now I can't tell her about the school thing. It's just like that, like, it's not that the, their brains kind of get in this, like, pa- it's like, those are the same patterns. Yeah. You know? I'm doing something that I'm ashamed of and I can't share it. And then I do something else that I'm ashamed of and I don't share it. And it's kind of that same thing. Like, I think he's not, his like, his way of thinking right now to me is very much in a, like an addiction mindset. And while he's not drinking, I mean, he's just, he's, he's not like a hundred percent doing the things that like that are in recovery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that, but it's like, he, it's like a, it's the way that their brains work. I think it's like the same cycle. You might as well be drinking at this point. I mean, I'm glad he isn't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just, um, it's the same cycle of do something. So I, I think this person, the person I care about, isn't going to agree with hide it. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. Something else happens. Well, I already had that other thing. So I can't tell her now, you know, it's like that same cycle. And here we are, what, six months later ish. And then it erupts into into something way bigger because we lied from day one. And I've, I've experienced that with my husband. It's like, even when it wasn't about using, it's that same mentality of like, you know, not being comfortable enough with your own decision-making kind of like, what Elise is saying, it's like not being comfortable enough with your own or mature enough to discuss with someone that like, this is what I've decided and this is why, or this is what's happened. Um, but that's a skill. I think that's a, something you learn through the recovery process of, yeah, I don't know, like, but yeah, I don't know. I just have seen it a lot with my husband. And I would say that that, that, that mentality that he's in is very similar to active addiction. Yeah, I, I, never, I would agree with that. Yeah, me too. I didn't ever think about it like that. But you know, I mean, we have him and I have had a lot of 
conversations the last couple of nights where I'm like pushing back. Like my first thing was like, okay, would your sponsor agree with this? Hell no, you wouldn't. Like you're going right. to meetings. Like, why are you going to meetings claiming that you're like, I said, just because that isn't, it's not alcohol. doesn't mean that you're, I'm like, it changes the way you are. And that's not you. Like I'm, and that's what I said. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to agree with this. Like, you know, because of what you've gone through, like, I just, I'm not going to agree. I don't think it's right. And, you know, like tomorrow, um, I am going to sit on his neurology. Like it's a, you know, virtual appointment and, you know, we are going to ask about some other, cause he's already tried a couple drugs, but different drugs for the cognitive like stuff and just see, um, you know, what else is out there because, you know, I think he's just using it as an excuse. So you're right. I would like to keep pushing back. Like I know when I, when we sit down with my counselor, I can't wait, wait to like tell her everything because he really does. He listens to her and she points it out like even more bluntly than I do. Um, and I, I think that might be a really good thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I just think it sucks. And I think for you, <laughs> unfortunately, um, put you in a situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are you going are you going to continue down this road or have you had enough yeah and or 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 are you discovering like what your path is yeah that's what I'm like basically standing there at the top of the stairs and like if I go one way it's, you know, this way, or if I can go the other way and then it's, you know, walking away. And, um, you know, I know, like, I just feel it really stinks because my counselor is going to be on spring break. Cause I really wanted to like, kind of help talk through more of it with her too. Like, you know, she is really big on like, sometimes if you can't make the big decision, just make a decision for today and then keep moving you know, like then the next day make the next decision. Cause sometimes it just seems really overwhelming. And, you know, I think, I think I made it really clear when I came home the other night, like, I mean, I think he thought I was like, gonna like grab my stuff and leave. Um, but I mean, I, I want him to think like that. Like I pressured him like so much, like he, there are so many things he's going to have to change. Like he has to make a change. Like it, if, if, if I choose to stay each day. So. Do you think he's being totally honest with you now? Like, do you think he told you the whole truth? Um, yeah, I do think, okay. So most of the questions that I've asked are more about like, like today and, or more like, you know, recently. Um, I do think that he is being honest, like, um, to a certain point, you know, like th- that girl like emailed me like, or she sent me this long text. Of course I'm not, I just, I don't feel like ever responding to her, you know, it's just, it's weird in that, but you know, he's like, he has hung out with them, whatever capacity, even if it's like 10 minutes. Um, you know, I asked, I'm like, like, this is really strange because like you, I'm like, do you hug her? Like, this is just weird. And he's like, no, like she just gives me, it's like, it's like weird. Cause he did eventually say like, she's like a drug dealer. And I was like, that's weird. And the worst part is like, she goes to AA and she's supposedly in recovery, but she does marijuana. So I don't know. And I will just say 
while I have gotten um, things for free and edibles, whatever, like it's yeah. not worth coffee. It's worth more than that. If he's getting a brownie and some chocolates, like there's gotta be something else because I don't think anybody's that nice. Yeah. Well, that's what I said to him. I pushed back like, you know, like her husband does travel sometimes. I'm like, and I know, like he told me we were talking, like he will flirt to get the manip- He like manipulates people to get what he wants. And so this is where I'm like, you know, you sent her a text message that I still like am so just like, I mean, it just makes me sick to my stomach when I think about it, you know, like, because it's something that he usually uses for me. And I was like, don't you ever fucking call me any of those nicknames again. I was like, use my first name because like, they don't mean anything. They're not like, like, and I always thought about more of it being like a special thing. And so the fact that he's just like, saying that to her you know and I I mean I kept pushing back and I will continue to keep pushing back like it's every night I feel like it's just a conversation um and you know like I am trusting my gut so I don't think that I guess when it goes back around I guess I don't trust him that he's telling me the whole truth like you know maybe she loves all this attention you know from him and that's why she does it I don't know who knows right I wonder, and I don't know what the counselor would say, but like, if you would give him the opportunity to write a list of all the shit he's done, like make his slate completely clean. I don't know. And maybe Alex, you would have an opinion. Like, does she read it? Does she not? Does she give it to the counselor? So the counselor could help guide through some things. I don't know, but like maybe to help give him like a clean slate. Isn't that clear conscience? he should be doing that as a part of the steps well that's the thing about the steps like i didn't he still never give you an amends and he said he was finished with the steps yeah he's never given me an amends yeah that's yeah yeah he he probably should work you should probably like tell him like hey you probably need to work with your sponsor again on the steps (laughs) yeah i mean i just think it's yeah that's my opinion is he just kind of needs to restart because even though he hasn't drank he's lied and you know done things to hurt you and it's just kind of like I need to get honest and recommit that's kind of my opinion yeah yeah I like that I mean I don't that's what if it was me and my spouse that's where I would be with it like you know it's still work to do when it's fine to discover like along this path you know there's not for a lot of people, it's not a straight road through recovery. And um, it's okay to figure out along the way, like these things are triggers or these things, you know, now that I'm in this new place, these are my vices and these are the things I need to work on and tweak. But for me with like, for me and my spouse, the one expectation I have is like, if we're going to do this together, if this is a lifelong thing, then we have to do it together. Mm-hmm. and um that's one of my biggest expectations like okay like let's talk through things let's you know we are a team like keep open communication keep honesty like let's rebuild the trust and um the times when he hasn't met that is when he's doing shady shit and I just <laughs> that's yeah. not, like how I know you know so I don't know that would be what, what I would want from my spouse yeah that <laughs> but yeah yeah I kind of like that like I mean I might I don't know I just I really 
I just want to put so much of it on him. Like, and I, like, I went on like maybe a 25 minute monologue, like I was just pissed and I was letting him have it, you know? And I'm like, it's always about you. And it is, it's so frustrating. Like, you know, like part of the thing when I was talking to him, I went on another monologue on my way to work and eventually I stopped. And then I was like, thoughts. And he was like, quiet for a second. And I was like, I know you got him. And so he finally like, was like, I'm scared. And I was like thinking, oh my gosh, like he's scared about our relationship, scared about losing me. You know, like his thing that he was scared about is his head and how he can't think clearly. And like, so I was pissed, like going off of my monologue when I got home, like it is like, you're not even worried about like us. And that's like a huge problem. Like, you know, I mean, I've heard him in our, our counseling be like, you know, like she flips it a lot and makes him think about if the situation was different and how he would like it if, you know, I'm the one that's getting phone calls or, you know, just all the things that shit that's happened. And, um, and he's like, no, it makes me sick to my stomach. And it's like, well, why do you keep doing it to me? <laughs> you know, he just, just does everything for himself. Yeah. And you said you want it to be on him. And I think it is there's, yeah. you didn't do anything. You didn't cause any of these things. Right. You've done nothing. <laughs> I mean, so it is on him and then it's up to you to decide what you want. Yeah. And that's unfortunately just, the situation that we're, the decision we're left with whenever something like this happens is what do we want? Yeah. And I mean, that's where there has to be a change in, you know, I'm like, you know, if it's at first you're like, okay, I'm at the grocery store where I'm getting this coffee and I'm like being extra kind to this girl. Like why? Like, where's the, like, that's what I was trying to say last time. Like you, maybe you need to work on your awareness, you know, like there has to be steps. Like, like you need to go to your own counselor and you need to be working through these things. Like, and if, and if there's not a change, like I can't stay here. Like I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like there has to be a change. And where I mean, like, you know, it's on him. I think I've done so much to support him and our family, like to give him the best possible outcome to be sober you know? And so now it's like, okay, well, at least you're not, you know, drinking and passed out in bed at like two o'clock and somewhat functioning. You're working a job that, you know, makes some money and everything. But I mean, it's, it's going to be, I told him, I'm like, it's going to be really hard. I think it's going to be hard for you to hear. Um, but you, you, maybe this is what we needed it to happen. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, it's okay to start raising the expectations and it's mm-hmm. been two years since he's had alcohol and at two years, so two years, at least working recovery. And at some point it's okay for you to say, great, like you've gotten this far. This is a huge accomplishment. And now I expect more from you. I need you to be a more of a participant in this relationship. And it can't be all about you. And like, at some point, the balances have to like balance, like the scales have to balance. And, and that's kind of, to me, what it sounds like you're saying, like you're ready for him to start contributing. And I think there's zero wrong with that. And I think that maybe, you know, he's just kind of doing his own thing because he can do his own thing. And like, yeah. mm-hmm. if you just tell him like, you need to contribute more then it would give him something to do, <laughs> like yeah. you to do more and yeah. really map that out and have more of a partnership. And 
that's what we talked about last night. He's like, I sometimes feel like I'm another child. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's horrible. And, you know, like I've had a friend that's gone through the same situation and, you know, she ended up getting divorced and, you know, she's like, I just can't deal with having a third child. Like she already has two kids. And I'm like, you know, and I brought that up because he knows who that person is. And, you know, I'm like, it has to be like the more of a partnership. And that's actually already what we kind of started talking about. And, you know, like tonight he was actually helping clean up a little bit more. So we'll see. Yeah. It's like we can get stuck in these roles, you know, like yeah. you just kind of are sort sort of in this little role and then you kind of get stuck there. Yeah. Well, I think good for you, Lizzie, that it is now time for Drew, like the rubber to hit the road. Mm-hmm. And it almost kind of seems like you're at the point where it's like, if he just doesn't turn this shit around and kind of quickly that you're yeah. kind of just done. Yep. Yep. The, the things that you have done, I mean, are, if you would list these out on paper, he is a lucky son of a bitch that uh, you have stayed yep. Yep. and that he's alive. <laughs> so like, That's, yep. <laughs> you know, I just wish nothing but the best for you and, you know, for your two kids plus his three additional kids. I mean, yep. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Well, hopefully sharing felt kind of good. Yeah, it does. Of course. <laughs> well, glad, you know, again, this just kind of speaks to the community. Like, you know, say you didn't have, you know, friends that you could connect with. Like, again, this disease can be so mm-hmm. lonely. So I'm glad yeah. that you text and reach out to us and, you know, probably other people as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Definitely. Thank you. For sure. All right, Alex, anything for you? yes so um i'm trying to do you remember at least what i talked what my last update was on my dad and stepmom do you remember i think i think it was just that he he stayed with you for a couple days and then you went back and then he went back home oh yeah Yeah. okay so um he's back at your house (laughs) he's at my house um he came back. So he came over last weekend and I thought last weekend was going to be like, he texted me Friday night, um, at last Friday night and just kind of said, I think something's up or something. And I basically said the same thing to him that I just said on here, which is like, well, what is your gut telling you? And, um, he was drunk, which I think I've talked about. My dad has drinks too so I really didn't have a constructive conversation with him that night but it essentially just said like why don't you come over and we'll hang out and talk through it the next day so he came over the next day with my stepmom I hadn't talked to her and he didn't tell you he did but it was like very last minute and um, I encouraged him to bring her because I I was getting a little frustrated because he just went back and I was like well I need to there like our relation her and I's relationship has kind of been weird because um we haven't talked at all and we used to be pretty close and like very close and since all this stuff has kind of gone down I think she got the message that like you know, none of this is okay with us. Like this is, we're not going to be just like hanging out, like with her high all of the time. That's not (laughs) kind of not something that we're going to accept as normal. So she knew that. And I think just naturally stopped 
reaching out and stuff. So anyways, it had been a few months since we talked. And she also knows that my dad comes to my house when he leaves. And um, so anyways, I if he was going to stay with her, I wanted to mend things, at least start the conversation and get things out there. So I did encourage him to bring her and it was okay. I mean, she wasn't like visibly messed up. Um, I was, we just, we'd moved into a new house recently. So I like gave her a tour of her house and we were in the basement and she kind of, it was just her and I, and she stopped me and like wanted to talk about, um, everything that happened and that her feelings were hurt that we, she felt that we didn't want her around. And I explained to her that, you know, her addiction can be a trigger for my husband. Like if he is just, I mean, any of this stuff can be a trigger. Any, any life things can be, but just if he knows she has things or like, I just, I want to keep all of that separate. Like, I just don't want him to have, to be around that. Like, that's just not the life we live. <laughs> and so I just let her know, like, it's not healthy for us for you to be around if you're high. Like, it's just not, it's not something that I want my kid to see. Like I, my husband and I have worked hard over the years to raise our kid in an environment that does not include that. And I'm going to be damned if you're going to come in here and and expose him to this. Like, that's just not okay. And so I kind of just told her that and um, told her that I want her to be healthy, but you know, we love her and we'll support her along the path of getting healthy. Um, and you know, it was really easy to see, like, she was just like, first of all, she fake cried. (laughs) And I was like, she just, she's like kind of crying, but she has no tears. It's that manipulation thing you were talking about, Lizzie. Like she was just trying to manipulate me, like trying to get me to feel sorry for her. And she, I knew it was all bullshit when she said, well, I don't have, I tried heroin, but I didn't IV it. So I don't have a problem with that. And, um, it obviously wasn't for me and I, I'm not obviously not using it or I would be in the hospital. And it was just like, these are the rash, like literally just looking at her, like, these are the rationalizations that you're telling yourself and you want me to believe them. And I just knew instantly, like, this is bullshit. So I told her, you know, I didn't really, at that point I knew like she wasn't ready to be honest. And I kept telling her like, we can have a relationship if you're honest. And she was not being honest. And so I was just like, I didn't really push the conversation to go like more um, because I didn't want to waste my time. Honestly, at that point I was like, this is not worth it. And so we went on and like had a pretend visit you know, like then normal. And we took the kid to the park and whatever. So then that was last weekend. So then I checked in with my dad. Um, well, he texts me like a few nights later, maybe Wednesday or something. Yeah, it was Wednesday that things had gone to shit. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And he was like, so she had to spend babysitting um, her three-year-old nephew, great nephew, something like that. And um, so she's been babysitting him. Well, my dad works from home occasionally. And the other day, Wednesday, he was working from home. The kid was down for his afternoon nap. And my, um, like, he hadn't seen my stepmom. She'd been in the bathroom for like over an hour. 
And so he goes in there and she's like nodding off in the bathroom. And he's like, I just sat there and watched her. <laughs> he's like, it was on like it was undeniably like what was happening. And he goes, so he like kind of babysits her in there. And the kid gets up and all that. And so, anyways, he's like pissed that this all happened while she's watching this kid. Like, what if my dad hadn't been there? And you know, this whole thing. So, anyways, he um kind of gets her like up and moving at least and then tells me like it all went to shit he tries to confront her about it but she's high so not having any constructive conversation so we text a little bit and then I don't talk to him Thursday and then Friday I call him and I'm I'm like hey how are things how are things been going because I have to wait till he's at work because he doesn't really there's they don't have a huge house or anything so anyways if if he's at home he can't really talk about it yeah so I called him Friday and he was he said well I think I'm gonna head your way tonight and I was like okay <laughs> so he comes to my house and basically you know she's doing the same shit she's lying and using and denying things that are happening um I had told him like you need to tell her niece whose son she watches while she's at work said you have to tell her what about what's going on because like she needs to know and if she still decides after she knows then that's one thing but she needs to know what's happening so she can make the best decision for her kid and my stepmom was driving this kid around (laughs) so i told him you have to tell her (laughs) so um anyways he was like well before i could got the chance to tell her my stepmom was apparently like manipulating her niece, like my dad, his name is Fred. My dad, uh, Fred is like being an asshole. Fred is like being controlling. You know, she doesn't, she's also like 21 and doesn't know shit about fuck. So yeah. she's like- Shit about fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um she so anyway she's like just really easily manipulated so she's kind of mad at my dad it's just this whole clusterfuck like my stepmom is just manipulating everyone around her and um so anyways he comes over on friday we hang out tells us everything and he's just like i just don't think like kind of like he's done so yesterday we started um over the weekend we looked for apartments and tonight he went to go grab some clothes he goes to work tomorrow so tonight he went to go grab a change of clothes and apparently they got into this huge blowout like argument where she was like denying things and saying if he's leaving like she wants money like all of this stuff and he took like his passport and things that were essential and is moving out so he's gonna live here for a while until he finds an apartment um oh snap that all happened today and tonight right before we jumped on to chat with you guys he was just talking to me about if he can stay here and stuff so all of that just kind of happened but um I think that he's just like tired like she's not making any progress kind of the things we talk about like I shared with him you know I always look for because we had a lot of relapses along the journey and the thing I always look for was is this person is my spouse trying to get better and Mm -hmm. if they were trying to get better 
then it helped me make the decision to stay. Like I, I can be with someone that's just struggling and failing. I cannot be with someone who's just in straight denial and ruining my life (laughs) and just being destructive. And that's kind of where they're at. And she's, it's been, I don't know, almost six months since I've been talking about that this has been an issue and she's done nothing. She's still in denial. Like even tonight he told her he was really upset with her about endangering her nephew. And she was like, I never did that. And so he was like, that's when I knew this is not, there's no, there's no talking to her. So yeah, it's really sad. I worry about her because I mean, she's definitely doing heroin still. Um, One of her, when he went there tonight, the friend that she, my dad believes she uses with was there. And um, so I don't know, it's a mess. I'm glad that my dad is starting to separate himself. He took the keys. So he has three vehicles and she has always driven one of them and that was one of my big things the last time he was here like you just don't know what she could do and like your name is on everything and you don't want to get caught up in any of that so he is listening and learning (laughs) and he took all of his keys to all the vehicles so she can't take them anywhere um so I just am glad that he's starting to protect himself a little bit because this is just going to keep getting worse before it gets better, in my opinion. So I just don't want him to have to deal with that fallout. So that's where we are. Um, what questions do you guys have? That, that is his house, though, right? It's their house. Oh, so they um, are together. Okay, at that house. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's, it was like a fixer-upper. My dad fixes up houses. They They basically buy a house, live in it. He does okay. all the work and then they sell it. So it is the latest house that they bought with the proceeds from their last house and it's not done. And my dad's like, she can have the house. Like it's it, it like, it's worth nothing to me. I don't care. He's basically trying to get out of this. They're not legally married. So they, they are engaged, but not mm-hmm. married. Um, so legally what's in his name is his. Um, the house is yeah. he's like, I'm just going to leave it because she would have nowhere to live. She has, she has no income. So my dad has been supporting her in this habit for years. So he's leaving her the house. He's just like, get, like walking away from the house, essentially. Just so he doesn't have to worry about that. Like, I think it makes him feel better. that He's not putting her out on the street. Um, yeah. So that's the situation. So who knows what's going to happen with that, but it's sad yeah it's just kind of sad that um this disease is ever evolving and ever changing like you Mm know lizzie you guys thought you were on a good path bam left field alex the number of times that you thought things were going well boom here's a relapse like it's just you know it's kind of always changes and you know things for us have happened like that you know thank goodness nothing's happened like that in a while um but it just it just kind of sucks yeah yeah it's that the the disease though when it's unmanaged you know it's chaos and it's always a cycle of some sort everybody seems to have their own pattern yeah yeah i'm so i'm so glad to hear though that like he is listening to the stuff you're saying like you know taking the cars like it's just not something you would have thought about if you hadn't like been dealing with this, you know? So that is a good thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, getting away from her, it sounds like might be a really good thing. Um, can get him like get the head clear, 
and really start thinking like, oh my gosh, like, I think you don't realize how crazy your situation is until you can remove yourself, which sometimes you can't do that. So, you know, hopefully this will be a good thing for him to think through as well. So, yeah, I'm really hopeful. Um, I mean, my dad is like a super successful guy and he's like in his late fifties and it's like, he has a ton of energy and he's just like such a personality. And I know like he wants to be like traveling and doing stuff. And I just like hope that he can like really live his life. He's worked super hard. And like, I just hated the mm-hmm. fact that like she was just draining him. And like, yeah. it, just, it just made me, made me so sad. So there are a few other things though. Like my dad is currently drunk downstairs because he came home after dealing with all that drunk and it's just like I think he still he uses that like in these situations which I do not love obviously but um Mm -hmm. I don't know I I think that hopefully we can talk about it more as he's here because he'll be here for a little bit I mean not super long but a little while like as he finds somewhere um but yeah that those types of behaviors I don't think help anything either so I don't know it'll be interesting to kind of have some of those conversations but I'm proud of him. I mean, it's really hard to like make that, take that first step. Um, well, I guess this is not the first step. This is like the fourth step, but the, the fourth, like he's really starting to like see the behaviors and acknowledge them and make better decisions. So that's all mm-hmm. we can do. You know, we just learn as we go and make the best decisions we can with the information we have. And right. So. Well, I'm just glad that he, like, he knows your situation. You were honest up front with him about that. So then now he feels comfortable reaching out. Like you guys have like a, you know, this kind of common bond of a spouse who has kind of dealt with this. So I'm, I'm glad that he's reaching out. Cause like you said, he kind of is uh, closed off with his emotions. So it's mm-hmm. probably, he's probably not told friends or not told anybody else about this. Yeah. I was proud of him too. He did go to his brothers in between and he told his brother about it. Um, because his brother has like actual chronic pain and is on like meds and I guess she had sought them out from him but in the past and so my dad was like hey this is what's going on do not answer calls from her (laughs) and um, so at least gave them the heads up and talked to them about the situation which is good I'm glad that he's telling his that's like his closest family Um, but I also was he was trying to fill me in on all this and it's like dad I have 12 minutes we're gonna podcast and he's like am I the to- he's like am I the topic tonight and at the time he wasn't I was like, no <laughs> and anyways he said he would come on and talk about it sometime so maybe we could get his perspective and learn oh shebang his journey with all of this that would be cool but so I'm proud of him I think it's opening him up I mean he I can see him kind of evolving in all this too which and I'm talking a lot I'm gonna stop in a second but that's one of the things I think is so cool for us is that at the same time we're going through all of this like we are always growing and learning about ourselves and our capacity to do things for ourselves and and set boundaries and like the decision we, we're consciously making decisions about how we want our life to be and that's really cool that's not something people with normal lives that don't have these things can like aren't confronted with these things do that often so it allows you to grow faster than maybe you would have otherwise 
Um, and I'm seeing that in my dad. So it's pretty cool. Right. And I agree, you know, we're all in our early, early to mid fine, early to mid thirties. And so, you know, like you said, pick, you know, consciously picking that path, like how long would we have stayed in like kind of a shitty relationship and done nothing about Mm -hmm. it? Had we not confronted it and done work ourselves? I mean, all three of us have been in counseling probably forever. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, just being open to change. And I think that's really special. Yeah. Yeah. I always think like with the pandemic, like, um, you know, like I'm sure all of us have been like, just like, okay, like we're so used to dealing with like shit Mm -hmm. that it was like, I got this. I'm totally cool. Like this is helping. And, you know, I mean, with my job, like, you know, I, a lot of times have to deal with the very upset, mad person. And I have so many people come up to me and be like, how in the world did you get them smiling at the end? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I somehow it just, I've, we have dealt with so much stuff that's so painful that like, I don't know. It's almost like, you know, it's good because now it's helped me in my career. And like, I just understand I can empathize with people, I guess, a lot better than I ever could before, even though it's something like silly over, you know, something small, but you know, we've dealt with so much stuff. I think it's been a good thing. So yeah, yeah it puts life in perspective. You know, you think about, I think I've said this before, but you think about other people's problems, you know, what other people get upset about. And then you're like, well, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The daily things that people get upset right. about. Totally. You just have a different perspective on life. And yeah, I, I mean, it sucks to go through these things, but if we're looking for reasons to be grateful, I think, and I think we always should be. Um, there are a lot of like personal things that I, I mean, I've grown and done this podcast and like done a lot of things that I otherwise, I wouldn't have shit to talk about, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it, yes. it's yeah. just, it is kind of cool to have the opportunity to become better as well. So I agree. Yeah. Well, what's cool. your update, Elise? Yeah, yeah I'm not the off the hook here. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a big update. Um, you know, I haven't, uh, turn up as the kids may say these days. Um, but my neighbors had like a driveway party last night for St. Patrick's day. You know, I may have done a little bit, uh, I won't say too much, but more than I have in a long time. I was like effed up and I was just like sitting and looking at everybody. It was just a weird feeling. I haven't been messed up in a long time. And it was like, I don't know if I miss it, you know, just being on this road, like just being so fucked up and it was just so, it was a weird experience. And I came home at 10 o'clock. Um, like we went out there at eight and I came home at 10 and I was all jacked up. And then like, I'm just sitting on the couch next to my sober husband. And like, he was asking me questions and I was like, but does he know that I messed up? Does he? And so it just felt weird. And then we went to bed and I don't know. It was just, uh, and I kissed him and I'm like, can he smell anything? Does he know? I don't know. It was just an interesting thing. And I mean, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. Like, how does, did he, why, number one, why wasn't he with you? Well, so it was his, um, I mean, it's just really our neighbor across the street. So he like, he put the kids down and then he, he said he was going to come back out and hang out on the driveways because our baby monitor 
like reaches across the street. Um, but I came back so early, like he, he fell asleep, um, putting our four-year-old down and, and he was eating dinner, uh, when I came back. And so he's like, Oh, I was going to come back out. And I was like, I'm in, you know, I just, (laughs) I just didn't, I didn't talk a lot. So did he know, do you think, did you ask him? He, yeah, he knew. How does he feel about it? He doesn't care. He cares none. Really? Yeah, he cares. I mean, the first time that I ever, um, he was only like four months sober at the time. Like, I think it was July. He got sober and September, our, our really good friends had their wedding. Um, and I had said I wasn't going to drink, but he, I think he was too overwhelmed with all the drinking and partying with all of his high school friends around him. So he went to bed at like nine o'clock. Um, I got really, really high and I was, I felt so guilty and I was laying next to bed next to him in bed and I felt awful. Like I just felt so awful. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of a feeling like, I just feel like I'm a teammate with him. Like he doesn't care if I get, you know, messed up or anything like that, but I just feel like I'm a teammate. And so I fully support his sobriety. And so I've basically been sober for the past five years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do I, I am such a I had a margarita with some friends the other night. <laughs> you just did that. Or do you still kind of go out a little bit and or drink at all, um, Lizzie? Um, I had, so I went and met a couple girlfriends the other night um, and had margaritas with them. Uh, but I actually we ended up sitting there for like four hours. Um, I've been friends with them since like middle school. So it was really fun and we haven't been together in a while. Um, so I don't usually like, I will never drink in front of him. And I usually don't drink if I, I would know I'm coming home, but I did have like a margarita. And the first thing when my husband gave me a kiss, he's like, did you have some margarita? Me all the time can always smell it. So, and I don't know if that's just more alcohol, you know, has always been his drug of choice. Um, until recently but on it one so the same thing like you guys were saying like as a partner you know I just I have been sober for a really long time and you know at first for like the first two years when I would walk down or see alcohol I just like flip it off like oh I hate you I hate you you're destroying people's lives Mm -hmm. um and you know like I just I I mean I think even if you know one day I go different ways from Drew like I just don't think I'll I just, I don't like it that much, you know, like it's just, it's so much destruction has come from it that I just stay away from it for the most part. Plus I like to feel amazing every time I wake up in the morning now. So (laughs) it's nice. Yes. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that is, that's our episode. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, Lizzie, thank you so much for coming back. We always enjoy talking to you. Um, everybody, thank you again for listening. As always, please rate the podcast. Please give us reviews. We always love uh, seeing those. Please email us hello at boypromspod.com. And we are we've got big things in the works. We've been working for months on some things, and so we're so excited to release them hopefully soon but we're all perfectionists so we're trying to put the bows on everything uh but stay tuned for that and keep coming back
Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.